Nice. He's just like older and like busier now, but he's still he still frequents. And we're live. Welcome to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic Hello. show for you today. Lots of good things to talk about. AMD took the performance crown this week. Luke, Luke, did you think you'd live to see the day? Uh, in recent years, yes. But if you asked me five years ago, maybe not. Yeah, no, I'd have said, I'd have said the same darn thing. Unfortunately, it looks like there are some discrepancies between our benchmark yeah. results and some other reviewers. So we're going to talk through what we think might have happened here. Anthony's been doing a little bit of post-mortem investigation here. In other cool. news, Apple's A14X benchmarks have leaked ahead of the upcoming Apple event, which might give us some idea what to expect from the Apple Silicon Max. Does that not sound like like uh, like like iPhone whatever Max, like Pro Max, like Apple Silicon Max? It's to the extreme. What else we got today? Release version two. Uh, um, Uber and Lyft do not have to classify drivers as employees. That was a big, I, we were talking about that on the WAN show like three or four years ago, mm -hmm, at least. Mm -hmm. um, and a swift kick in the gnats. Your router is probably vulnerable, which sucks. We'll talk about that later though. Womp womp. Oh, That's crap. a pretty major clickbait. Oh, dang it. There we go. Your network is vulnerable. Well, it's not bait if it's real. You know, yeah. the point of bait it's is that there's like a, a hook that lodges itself in your tonsils under it. Like that's what bait means. It's true. Uh, oh crap. Who am I supposed to have here for this week? Oh balls. Uh, 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 uh um. Are for sponsors? Uh, uh, they are... Squarespace! They're sponsors, all right. Uh, uh, hold on. Full page. Here we go. Oh, uh, uh, MSI, Ridge Wallet, Squarespace. A, there we go. Sure, whatever. Okay, cool. You so why don't we? <laughs> I did it. I did it. Reddit. <laughs> why don't we jump right into AMD five thousand? Did you watch our review? You piece. Yes. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's been trying to get me to read your your mean comments video or whatever that was recently, but I was like, I'm busy, busy, I'm yeah. Stuff. Luke's been um, Luke's been super busy on the float plane lately. It's actually been yeah. really good, really good. We've been getting lots of updates. So fine, why don't I fill you in? After much anticipation, AMD has launched their Ryzen 5000 series desktop processors based on their new Zen 3 architecture. One of the craziest things about this launch to me is the fact that there was no die shrink. Like, this is still a 7 nanometer chip, just like the last one, except more faster and more better. So the Ryzen 5 5600X is $299 US. That gives you 6 cores, 12 threads. Remember when $300 US could get you 6 cores, 12 threads in the Intel days? Before yeah, AMD well, was competitive? No, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Luke's like panicking. He's like, uh, um, wait, uh. Hold on a second. We're gonna, I don't, we're gonna we're gonna get an email from Epic. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to fail the test. I'm gonna have to make an apology video. Um, yeah. So so we didn't have that. 65 watt TDP. Like what? 5800x. This yeah. one is killer. Eight cores, 16 threads, uh, 4.7 gigahertz max boost. 105 watt TDP. Uh, 5900X, if you're into that Mondo performance, I think the 5600X and the 5900X are really just like the ones to buy. And it's it's pretty clear. I was just going to ask you, and I, yeah. I do kind of agree, but it is, I mean, it is 50 bucks. And I think quite a few people wouldn't notice necessarily the benefit. From the 8 50. to 12 cores? Yeah, I, but... I think I'm not, I'm not saying everybody, I've seen quite a few people. I think you're mad, sir. I think you're mad. I think you need to sit down and have a drink of water, lttstore.com. I think you're delirious, delirious. So, you know what? No, I strongly disagree. Because if you need eight cores, you need 12. There, I said it. <laughs> and if you don't need eight cores, okay. then buy a 5600X. Yeah. That's my take on that. Because it's two hundred dollars cheaper, so you can really tell that, particularly oh, right yeah, now, yeah, okay, yeah. AMD's yields on these are such that they really want you to buy the ones that are six cores per CCX. 
and uh, you're yeah yeah and you're saving a lot of uh tdp there as well yeah, yeah okay with, i take that back with two dead two dead cores so you can you can tell they've got some some defects to deal with otherwise i do think that they there would be a smaller price difference going from a 5600x to a 5800x and the 5800x does have the highest base clock and boost clock but it's by such a small amount or no not boost clock not boost no it boosts Dang. higher as they go so the more that's interesting the more cores you got the better the odds you can find a real real golden 4.9 gigahertz one or whatever i suppose so here's the problem though while everyone agrees that ryzen 5000 is pretty sexorific what they don't agree on is how sexorific so early reviews ranged from Everywhere from as good as to much better than Intel's Core i9-10900K. What is up with this range? Uh, we reported among the higher results with Der Bauer, so uh, Roman Hartung? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's German, so like I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even stand yes. a chance. Um, so with Der Bauer reporting even faster still results. Now, what this seems to indicate to us because uh, Gamers Nexus was right around in line with us, is that uh, low latency and high speed DDR4 memory could play an even bigger role in Zen 3 performance than we anticipated, even knowing that Ryzen 1000, 2000, and 3000 were all highly dependent on optimizing your memory speed. So many reviewers were using low latency DDR4-3200 and we were using DDR4-3600. Um, as for Gamers Nexus, um, Anthony was going back and forth with uh, with Steve, if I recall correctly. Uh, who did he tell me he was going back and forth with? I think he was chatting with Steve. I'm going to check my check my notes here. Yeah, but Nope, no, he was going back and forth with someone else about something. Nope, I think he just checked in and uh, had a look at their, at their stuff. Um, so, yeah, so they hand-tuned their timings which does make a significant difference to performance. So let me just, uh, it was actually an email. That's my problem. I don't want to get my story wrong here. If he was talking to someone about it, then I want to make sure that I'm, I want to make sure that I'm crediting them properly. Uh, Anthony, it was in a, it was in a status report or something, I think. Numbers, uh, Gamers Nexus reported. Nope, no, he didn't, he didn't talk to Steve about it, but, um, yeah, they, they hand-tune their stuff. So that seems to be what happened there. Um, and it really merits, well, further investigation, I guess. We've done, does gaming ma memory matter? Or like, how fast memory do you need for gaming? A couple of times in the last few years. But it seems like with Ryzen 5000, it might be worth exploring again. Because all of a sudden, we're going from, yeah, there's not much benefit past, you know, 3200 to all of a sudden, okay, 3600 and even DDR4-4000 is resulting in substantial performance improvements. Um, notably, Der Bauer was actually running uh, 2000 megahertz on the Infinity Fabric clock. So he was running one to one to one. Um, no dividers. Now, Intel's, uh, Intel's upcoming... Is that concerning to you at all? Sorry. In what, like the fact that you need more expensive memory to, to get the most out of Ryzen 5000? The fact that a group of reviewers ended up getting results that varied, as from a from a, like a like if you were like the the hat I guess I want you to put on is your like product manager NCX hat. Sure. Like, would that concern you in terms of sales and and customers coming back complaining anything like that? No, because the reality of it is, most people who buy a computer are never going to run a benchmark on it ever. <laughs> they're going to they're going to immediately install Epic Games Launcher, download Fortnite and start playing Fortnite. And the thing is that for most people, like you and I are in this unique position. Well, I guess you haven't been to the office in months, but uh, I am in this unique position where I'm surrounded by tech all day every day. You know, you name uh, a generational technology improvement in in computers or phones for the last 8 years. And I experienced it going right from the last generation to this one, every individual generational leap. Well, most consumers are on an upgrade cycle that is at the fastest two to three years. And so it's going to feel super fast anyways. Typically more like five to eight. So anyone upgrading from like, let's think about, you know, what a gaming machine looked like eight years ago. You were running, you were rocking like a 2600K, right? I mean, I was, I was rocking 2600K three years ago. Yeah. 
So, so 2,600K, you bought a gaming machine six, uh, eight, eight years ago. You bought a 2,600K, okay? It's time to upgrade today. You buy Ryzen 5,000. Are you worried about like 6% of the Ryzen 5,000's performance or 4% performance difference? No, you're getting your new machine, you're installing your games on it, and you're going, holy sh**, I can't believe my games can look like this. This is, this is butter smooth. Like, I, this is unbelievable. So, I'm so happy I saved up for it, blah, blah, blah. You're not Exactly. You're stoked. So the reality of it is most consumers never do this kind of like uh, splitting hair benchmarking. Like I think even many enthusiasts, oh, well, not even. I think many enthusiasts overestimate their the size of their niche. Like, yes, the PCMR subreddit is a million strong now or whatever the case may be, but there's a lot of people on there that are not going in and hand-tuning memory typings. They just love the memes. Um, so that's not indicative of like how many of these people there are. Even working for NCIX, which was a very enthusiast-centric retailer, you know, the vast majority of the time that I talked to an actual customer, they don't follow this stuff. Like, not like we do, you know, they're they're just they're they like it you can be an enthusiast without being obsessed with it and without wanting to turn it into another job that you have to do on the side when you get home from work okay i gotta i gotta research all the all the new tech stuff and i gotta learn i gotta learn about the new infinity fabric and like most people don't operate like that they just buy a shiny new toy and they're happy with it and to put your head in that mindset think about the last time you bought a drill for example how many how many amps is the, the motor? Like, who the f cares? Does it put in the screw? Okay. Well, that's how most people buy a gaming PC, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And I guess I guess in 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 a lot of these situations, you're talking about like most people, not everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and the that subcategory of people will probably be fine. I guess. Yes. So most people are probably not going to care. So from like a business standpoint, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a handful of people that are like, oh, I watched every review about this and I noticed there was a discrepancy. Do you think it could lead to lower sales? No, not realistically, because I, I feel like if this if this happened this strongly in the in like their their first resurgence into the CPU scene, it made it might have been more concerning. But because we've had the last like couple generations of really solid AMD processors, people are not nearly as worried now. They're kind of the default purchase in a lot of situations. These yep. Days. In the so in I the enthusiast space. Like yeah. in and I and I don't mean enthusiast obsessive. I just mean people who are enthused by high performance computing. In the enthusiast space, they are a go that I would say they're the go-to right now. And what's really nice is that Ryzen 5000 doesn't come, like our recommendation of it doesn't come with the same caveats that we had with first gen Ryzen in particular, where it came out and we were like, AMD's back in the game, but I'm not ready to recommend this because we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of stability issues and we're, you know, this thing ain't ready for prime time. Like Ryzen 5000 just, just went, you know, you know, your wife, does she go? Does she go mate? You know, is she a goer? <laughs> She's a goer. Um, People who get the reference will get it. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I, that's fine. I'm, I'm right. from? Uh, well, if I, if I tell you, then, you know, that's cheating. That's cheating. I'm sure someone. I'm sure someone from chat. Someone from chat will inform you. They'll they'll inform you. All right. I'll just I'll, I'll just tell you. I'll, I'll just Monty tell you. Python for the win. It's it's a Monty Python reference. Reference. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Is she is she a goer? Like what 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 do, what do you mean? You know, does she go? <laughs> go where? It's been a long time since I've watched it, but it's it's just really uncomfortable to watch. Um. All right. <laughs> Intel has a response. I'm actually a little surprised. Uh, the timing is about right for Intel to have started working on this right around the time AMD got super actually, yes, no, these guys are competitive. Uh-oh, this looks like trouble. Um, so, hey, I, I love it. Intel, it turns out, can actually do stuff when it matters. Uh, their Rocket Lake CPUs coming in Q1 next year are speculated to be roughly 10 to 20% faster per clock than the current gen Comet Lake CPUs. It's funny how AMD is like, yay, they drew even. And then Intel's like, hey, they're gonna have what looks like potentially a similar intergenerational uplift in spite of the fact that they are still stuck on 14 nanometer. And everyone's like, yeah, what do you want, a cookie? Huh? 
And that, that's what happens. That's what happens when your business practices are to deliver the bare minimum while you have no competition and then suddenly go, oh, what? Hey, whoa, we make CPUs. Let's make some CPUs, boys. Um, oh, I forgot we have like fantastic engineers on yeah, staff. Yeah, I forgot we have literally some of the smartest people in the f***ing world working here. <laughs> and instead of like, you know, letting them build cool sh we're busy like optimizing every last, you know, Xeon bronze, silver, gold, platinum tier of of every chip we make to get the most money out of it. Like, stop, stop. I, I tweeted a little while ago. I was like, Intel, please put an engineer in charge. Sign everyone or like sincerely everyone. Oh, that, yeah, that it's was like, a good tweet. It's like, what do what do the Silicon Valley companies that are, are excuse me, the, the hardware companies, what do the hardware companies that are really outperforming the rest have in common right now? And I'm talking companies like Tesla, AMD, NVIDIA. What do they have in common? They have engineers in charge. And like, to be clear, it's not like I'm saying this out of like self-interest. You know, oh, I want to get a job because I'm a highly skilled, you know, engineer. Please hire me to be the CEO of your company. I'm totally not qualified to run a company like Intel. The difference is that I know it. Yeah, definitely. Offends me. Anyway, Intel may regain their single-threaded performance lead, but they will likely fall further behind in multi-threaded because Rocket Lake is rumored to cap out at eight cores per chip. So looking at AMD's lineup here, Intel is <laughs> looking like they're going to be in a position where they do not have a product to compete with anything over 500 US dollars from AMD's lineup. And the craziest thing is AMD will have spent the last five months recouping their R&D on Zen 3 with these chips and is going to be ready to meet whatever Intel comes at them with with a price drop. Like, oh man, it is a bad time to buy a processor right now because in another 18 months, there's going to be faster stuff from both Intel and AMD. 18 months though. Well, I'm just saying AMD will have refreshed this with Zen 3 plus or Zen 4, whatever the next thing on the roadmap is. They'll have a five nanometer CPU. Intel's probably going to have some kind of like, they're going to be going as fast as they can here trying to catch up. It is such For an sure. exciting time to like, to build gaming PCs. Did you see our That's, CSGO you, results? You, you said it's, it's not a good time to buy a processor. I know. I know. If you don't like buyer's remorse, it's a terrible time to buy a processor. Oh, I get. I mean, I get. If you're gonna have buyer's remorse a year and a half later. Well, for the longest time, remember when you and I would see that in the comments on the videos and stuff? People would be like, people were like mad when. Uh, oh, what what GPU uh, launch was it? Uh, <laughs> the three thousand series. I forget. <laughs> Yeah, that one, that one recently, <laughs> right? Like people yeah. are mad when, you know, all of a sudden their stuff's obsolete 24 months down the line. It's like, it used to be things were obsolete every, I feel like I'm talking about walking to school in the snow uphill both yeah. ways. It used to be our stuff was obsolete in six to eight months and damn it, we liked it that way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> By the time your computer was three years old, it was like an ancient brick. Yeah, it was garbage and that was the best. <laughs> All right, um, something, 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 uh, blah, 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 Rocket Lake. You know what I thought was another really cool move from AMD this generation? No new chipset. So on the one hand, they did let us down a little bit, you know, 300 series chipsets not working on the new chips at all. Um, but they still managed, what, like three generations for 300 series, and then 400 series is getting a full three generations uh, that's one generation per chipset better than Intel managed. So, hey, you know what? Good job. Um, and they went and they didn't go and unnecessarily release a refreshed chipset. So motherboard manufacturers can refresh their board designs if they feel like the new CPUs need more power phases or USB 3.2x2 Gen six whatever they're calling these stupid <laughs> standards these days um or you know you want to add some two and a half gigabit that's more affordable now to your lineup that's great but you don't have to you don't feel obligated to buy a motherboard in any way that always drove me crazy when the only answer you'd be able to get from both amd and intel going back the only answer you'd ever be able to get when you'd ask okay so do i have to get the new chipset with this chip and they'd be like well it's optimal like what does that mean 
It means it's, you know they're they're built they're engineered for each other. And I'm like, right? But is there a performance difference? Well, it's optimal. You know they're engineered for each other. Is there a performance difference? And we were never able to measure one. I don't think there was a single time that we had like a CPU refresh on a given platform and we were able to measure some kind of performance difference from the last gen chipset to the new one. Sometimes yeah. you'd get more USB ports or whatever, which is which is great, but not terribly important for from like a gaming standpoint. Like how many USB 3 ports do you need on a gaming rig? You do a VR? Mm, say no. Did not remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, most of the USBs that I have plugged in are for uh like cameras or or vr stuff or the stream deck or charging yeah. my phone or whatever like it's not actually really related to actually just gaming like yeah exactly exactly if all you need to do is game you good you know what else you need for gaming lttstore.com okay yeah. guys move fast on this one uh it's another limited edition one load up your browser load up your browser right now ladies and gentlemen um if you are a float plane uh, 4k like floatplane plus subscriber uh, check your posts on floatplane because you're gonna have a coupon code over there to save a little bit of moolah save some moolah everyone else you're gonna have to pay full price but i guarantee you it's worth it this is our second limited edition foil shirt rgb cpu <gasps> oh yeah well, it's actually pretty cool. It's pretty sick. So they, the LTT that's hidden in it is super stealthy this time. So it's like, eh, where the where the hell is it? There you go. There. Can you try to like, there, like catch there. different light reflections by like twisting a little bit? Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love this. Sarah outdid herself with this design, and we've learned a lot about uh, foil uh, printing with these foils since we did the keyboard shirt. Um, so we're still going to have bad yields on this, so the price is still $30 like last time. Also, the foil is just more expensive. Um, but what you might notice is that our yields are actually fairly similar, um, even though... This is a way more intricate design. It's way more difficult to print. Yeah. yeah. So we've learned a lot, but we're, we want to kind of, instead of just uh, printing something simple again and having higher yields, we decided we wanted to like push the envelope and do a CPU pins shirt, but with the foil. So uh, limited quantity, similar to last time. Uh, keyboard sold out by the end of WAN show, if I recall correctly, last time. Uh, so you guys are going to want to move fast if you want to get one. Um, Someone in chat said, is this a paid competition again? You will never know. Paid competition. There are no competitions at all. Um, oh, any, yeah, it's not a competition. Yeah, there's no competition. There's no, there's no like prizes for ordering. All you get is a shirt. And if something else happened to happen, then that would happen. Um, I don't specifically have any plans to do anything. But a lot of the time, that's sort of like a, a spur of the moment kind of thing. So uh, I, I, I will neither confirm nor deny uh, anything. I will neither yeah. confirm nor deny. Uh, and, and you shouldn't, I, I like. You I should mean, not buy a shirt in hopes of like winning a prize. No. That is the worst reason ever to buy yeah. a shirt. You should buy a shirt because you think it's cool and you want to wear it. And then if you <clears> win something, you should be like stoked. There you go. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how to feel, but that's how you should feel. Okay. And think. <laughs> and think. Yeah. <laughs> not going to tell you how to think. I'm going to let you finish, but. <laughs> all right uh apple a14x benchmarks i am stoked to have a look at this actually um they've been leaked ahead of the apple event which pretty much tells us for sure that apple will be launching a, an apple silicon silicon macbook device um so potential devices include a 13 inch macbook pro 13 inch macbook air and possibly a 16 inch macbook pro that would surprise me 16-inch MacBook Pro. I mean, I the implication for a 16-inch MacBook Pro is that this is a performance device. The alleged Geekbench 5 benchmarks for the A14X show a 1.8 gigahertz processor capable of turboing to 3.1. 
So this will be the first custom Apple Silicon to ever clock above three gigahertz. The GPU results show eight gigs of RAM will be included with the processor, although we don't know that there wouldn't be other configurations with different amounts of RAM. It's an eight core processor with a big little arrangement. So that means four big cores, uh, four uh, little ones. And for single core benchmarks, it looks like it's about, oof, like 5% faster than the A14. Um, Multi-core benchmarks though, big difference. So 7220 versus 4198. So when you're like outputting a video or something like that, it seems like the A14 that's present in the new iPhones uh, has a fair, bit of, uh, a fair bit of thermal headroom that can be unlocked. <laughs> I was, I was I was gonna mention thermal headroom because you still have didn't you do a video a long time ago uh, when you had a MacBook in like a pan of water or something? Yes, to cool it. Um, do you think these benchmarks are done actually in a realistic thermal scenario? Yeah, I would think so. I, I think that whoever got their hands on these devices early, uh, just like, was goofing around with it and probably like accidentally uploaded it to the database or something like that. Like that's what I would, that's what I would guess. Um, whoever it is is probably going to get in trouble because I would imagine there's only a handful of people that have their hands on these things ahead of time. It's it's interesting. I know of a story of a, a person who worked at a, uh, a mobile mobile phone store. That's as as specific as I'm going to get. Um, and they, they get the iPhones usually, I believe roughly two days early so they can like set up their inventory and do all that other kind of stuff. And, um, one of the boxes was opened and the person was playing around with the phone, um, which is apparently not even like way that uncommon, but they made the mistake of getting the phone onto Wi-Fi, And apparently within two hours, Ooh. the store was contacted. Really? Does Apple like, well, one of their phones connected. I'm sure they don't have like detailed tracking necessarily, but they would have device IDs and stuff. And one of their phones that should not be online is suddenly online with an IP address of somewhere that isn't Apple headquarters or wherever else. Yep. Um, so there you and go. It was like, I'm not going to go way too far into the details of what happened there, but um, it was very bad. I would I would say that much. So if if someone's going to do this, if someone's not only going to just accidentally get something on Wi-Fi, but they're also going to go through and benchmark a bunch of things and do stuff like that, um, unless this person is super gone, I'm going to go with that this was very planned, wasn't necessarily horsing around, and this data was scraped and then uploaded in a different way. Mm, okay, that's fair. That's a fair. That's a fair point. Um, and I'm not surprised. There's a note here that says it is unknown if this benchmark is real. Apple Insider was unable to verify um, if the information is like legit, and that is not surprising because if you did this, I'm sure you'd want to be very, very yeah. secretive uh, about doing it. So yeah. it might be legit. I, I, yeah. It took a matter of hours for Apple to contact us regarding our developer kit, for example. Um, and that whole thing, the way that shook out is Apple eventually canceled their call with me to talk about whatever they wanted to talk about, which presumably was that. Um, and what we decided to do was send it back to the developer before talking to Apple. Um, because if Apple, so the thing is we didn't sign an NDA. We were under no obligation to, um, well, like anything I, you know, Apple wasn't in a position where they could threaten us legally yeah. unless we had their stolen property and didn't immediately return it. So what would happen then is if I talked to Apple and they said, you need to send it back to me and I didn't do it, then I could be in legal trouble. And if I did do it, the developer could be in legal trouble because they did sign an NDA. So what I wish we had done, what, what I wish we had done is run the benchmarks, um, then sent it back then teased that we had it because uh, at that point, I don't think we'd, uh, I don't really think there'd be anything they could do. They could bother us. Like they could, they could file a lawsuit or they could file a complaint or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. But given that we have no agreement whatsoever with Apple, and at this point, it's very clear that we will never have one. Uh, I replied and I was like, hey, so are we rescheduling that call? And just 
total radio silence. So Apple just doesn't have an interest in uh, building bridges with people that they can't. Um, oh, I mean, how do I say this delicately? Um, with people who aren't going to play by their rules, pretty much is is the observation that I've made over the years. There's companies that want dissenting voices and and want to be told, you know, how to do better. And there's companies that think they know better and don't want to hear from anybody else. And Apple falls into the latter camp very clearly. Yeah. I mean, even very, the, very clearly. Even their customers loudly complaining about that horrendous MacBook Pro keyboard. It still took them like two years to fix this. Like, how does this? You're you literally spend. I think they're in the top three companies in the world for R&D spending. Definitely top 10. Uh, and you can't fix a broken keyboard? Like, what? You know, they there are companies that specialize in, like, making keyboard key switches. You could, you could talk to one of them, maybe. No, no, you have to invent your own wheel, the Apple wheel, the iWheel. Um, all right, why don't we go ahead and do sponsor response. Check out the MSI Meg B550 Tomahawk motherboard. It's got an AM4 socket supporting third-gen AMD Ryzen processors and my notes say future AMD Ryzen processors, but I think we all know that means Ryzen 5000 series processors with a BIOS update. It supports DDR4 memory up to 5100 megahertz overclocked, which as we know now, very important. PCI Express Gen 4 uh, with a Gen 4 M.2 and 16X slot. Honestly, like B550 is the shiz. Premium thermal solution, onboard 2.5 gig LAN plus a gigabit LAN port, and you can check it out today at the link in the video description. What can I what can I do for you, Luke? You looked like you wanted to say something there. Nothing. Nope. I was just uh, I was fixing something really quick. We Alrighty were, yeah. then. With Ridge Wallet, you can stop carrying around pointless items in your pocket, like receipts, old hotel room keys, and spent gift cards. Ridge Wallet or ones that aren't spent, but you just have like a dollar seventy-two on them. It's like enough that you don't want to throw it away, but not enough that it's like you remember to bring it out when you're at that store. Uh, Ridge yeah. Wallet helps you carry less. Using two metal plates that are bound by a strong elastic band, it keeps your cards tightly together but still accessible. Ridge Wallets are RFID blocking, and they offer a lifetime guarantee on their aluminum, carbon fiber, and titanium wallets. And they don't just sell wallets. They have battery banks, bags, smartphone covers, and more. So use offer code Linus to save 10% on everything at ridge.com slash Linus. The show is also brought to you by Squarespace. Do you need to create a beautiful website without the hassle? Squarespace, build it beautiful. Wait, no, I'm not supposed to say that. Check out Squarespace. Their all-in-one platform makes it easy to get up and running quickly. They've got award-winning templates that you can use as a starting point for a wide range of projects, whether it's your wedding or your portfolio or whatever. If you ever need additional help, Squarespace also offers webinars, a full series of help guides, or you can contact their 24-7 customer support via live chat and email. If you already have a third-party domain, you can port it over to Squarespace, or you can acquire a new domain easily through Squarespace. Plus, Squarespace has e-commerce features to help you sell merch or services online and easily manage your inventory and orders. So go to squarespace.com forward slash when to get 10% off your first purchase. All right. What else we got to chat about today? Uber, Uber and, and Lyft. Lyft. This is... Can I, can I, am I allowed to get political for a minute here? Can I get, can I get political a little bit here? Uh, Just for a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry, Nick. Yeah, but be careful. This is bullshit. Um, drivers and other workers for gig economy companies in California will not become their employees after voters overwhelmingly approved Prop 22, which allows gig economy companies to continue treating their drivers as independent contractors. Uber, Lyft, and the delivery service DoorDash designed the measure to exempt the companies from a state labor law that would have forced them to employ drivers and pay for health care, unemployment insurance, and other benefits. As a concession to labor advocates, the initiative does offer setting a partial minimum wage, although this is only for actual time on the road, a stipend to help cover the cost of a health care plan for the most active drivers, and insurance coverage for accidents, illness, and lost wages. That does help a little bit. Uber says they'll make these new benefits available as soon as possible. So 
here's my problem. Okay, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll talk through the rest of the thing first. Opponents worry that these companies will commit a type of fraud called labor misclassification. According to the Economic Policy Institute, between 10 to 20% of employers misclassify at least one worker as an independent contractor. These freelancers aren't entitled to the full suite of benefits allowed under employment law, including broader minimum wage rules, overtime pay, and sick leave. Nor do employers have to pay into the Social Security and Medicare systems on the worker's behalf. Uber and other gig economy players are likely to pursue federal legislation to enshrine gig work in the nation's labor laws, and companies in favor of Prop 22 spent a record-setting $205 million to help secure a win here. Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Instacart, and Postmates, with support from groups as diverse as California Chamber of Commerce, the California Police Chiefs Association, and California NAACP. The opposition, including many unions and labor rights groups, spent less than $20 million because when you're not making a ton of money, you know what? I'm going to use the E-word. Exploiting people by not giving them proper employment benefits, um, it's hard to spend a bunch of money lobbying, isn't it? What did they do to lobby? Because this looks like... I, I just looked... Uh, I don't... Uh, not just lobbying. American so well. if I recall correctly, this was something that voters actually voted on. So it was just it yes. was advertising. So convincing the average voter that it's bad for people to have employee rights. How does this work? How does this kind of stuff get voted for? What is think, going on? I think that's where you probably uh, slow down. Um, <laughs> you're flirting with a different topic, but... Uh, it looks like it passed with with eighty two percent reporting. So, I guess they stopped because they had enough votes in. Yeah. Uh, but yes, won at fifty eight point five percent with seven point eight million votes, and no lost with five point five million votes. Like to be clear. I do not think that unions should have an unlimited amount of power. You know, I think it like I had teachers in high school that it was it should have been criminal for them to still have a job for how little work they did yeah. and how few <laughs> they gave like it was unbelievable and you you probably had both right like you have I ones where it's like you're a saint and it's incredible that uh, this school uh, yep. has you at all and they were too like... good for this they were too good for the the like podunk school that i went to absolutely i for had sure. those and then you have the other side. Yeah. My my English teacher in in AP 11 and 12 changed my life. I would not be I would not have the career that I have in tech if it were not for him. 100%. My my computer teacher, my physics teacher yep. and my English 11 teacher had like massive massive impacts on yep. on everything like, to do with he me. He taught me forward. He taught me to write which is basically everything that I do. Everything that I do is pretty much an essay. If you are a good essay writer, you can you can fumble your way through almost anything. Job application, cover letter, basically an essay about why you're the best applicant for the job. Uh, a, you know, presentation, basically an essay. Meeting your meeting your 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 future in-laws for the first time. It's, it's all the same structure. It's all like forming an argument and presenting yourself or presenting your side in the best possible light or in stating a fair light. Stating your reasons light. quickly. Yes. Expanding them out again and then restating them again to, my English, to hammer the point home. My English 10 teacher was probably only in the classroom for 65% of the time. We actually went <laughs> out. We went out and found him. We found him a couple times and he was usually in the cooking room sampling the wares. <laughs> before lunch i'm not even i wish i was joking so my so parents, my, my english yeah. 10 teacher was a piece of useless garbage as well and then my english 11 teacher is like probably one of the best teachers to grace this planet it was it was a drastic difference it, it, it's, i it's hated horrible. hated english so with a passion until grade 11. my parents my parents are both teachers and I remember my mom telling me, and I was I was horrified. I was complaining about a bad teacher, and she's like, well, nothing's going to change because, uh, as the saying goes, you have to be caught with a live boy or a dead girl. And I was like, as the <laughs> excuse me, mother, as the saying goes, what now? <laughs> and 
but that's how powerful the bctf was at least at that time Wait, so who quoted this <laughs> this is my mother you've met my mom it shouldn't surprise you um what? so to be clear I'm not for all-powerful unions that make it so you cannot get rid of bad workers, but you also can't completely take away employee rights. That's not right either. And so when you've got these literal billion-dollar companies, literal billion-dollar companies that are going, oh, I'm terribly sorry, we're far too poor to make people actual employees, bullshit. Every single worker at Linus Media Group, except for the one that stubbornly refuses to become an employee because he has like other gig work that he does and it makes taxation, it makes more taxation sense for him to continue to be a contractor. We still give him all the benefits that like he has. So he pays independently into a dental plan. We just give him extra cash for it. Like we still make sure he's taken care of, but Everyone other than that is an employee. They have full-time hours with mostly predictable schedules. That is not an unfair thing to ask. The year is 2020. Like, Yeah, and like North America is even like behind places like EU in, in terms of like time off laws and like all this other kind of stuff. So like denying even that much is like kind of wild. So, yeah. I'm not saying the union the union system is perfect, and we've got I've got people in the chat that are talking about union dues. Yeah, I mean if unions are are charging yeah. you unreasonable dues and not not sticking up for your rights, yeah, I'd be mad too. Of I used course. to work at a place, and I'm going to name drop it. I used to work at a place called the Canada Bread Factory. Oh yeah, there was, you had to be a part of the union to work there, and I just I just wanted a job between semesters of of post secondary. That's all I wanted. Um, and the worst person to deal with at that entire place was our union rep. Um, and he like, didn't like me. So he would on purpose, I was, I was on call. He would on purpose, make sure that I was called roughly eight hours after my previous shift had ended. So I would like go work and then have my like day. And then right when I was going to sleep, he would try to call me every time. Um, he was like just to come in. Yeah. Why? And if I refused, then he would uh, skip me next time around. Because he just he just like didn't like me. Um, I I have a theory that he didn't I like mean, me. I get it. You're not very likable, so yeah. Know, there's that. I have a theory that he didn't like me because I think he didn't like my brother who used to work there. Oh wow! Um, like we, you can't get rid of him because he's the union guy, and like. No matter how much and like i wasn't the only person there that had an issue with him and i wasn't the only person there that he messed with and when he would like go away sick yeah this other lady that worked at the union office would handle all of our stuff she was amazing but like he was a dink and we couldn't do anything to get rid of him or deal with it and all this and there was like other issues that we had and i it was taken out of my paycheck when it didn't benefit me in any way and all i wanted was more money to go back to school it sucked but there are also lots and lots and lots of cases where unions have came in and like stopped massive problems. So it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, I don't know. People are talking about, uh, lo loves unions until his own employees try to unionize. You know what? Honestly, I would just be like personally offended if my employees tried to unionize. We work really hard to be good to people. Um, and so for for them to basically say, yeah, it's not enough um, would be would be like pretty upsetting for someone who genuinely cares. I can definitely understand how that would I, I probably couldn't understand in the past, but now I can definitely understand how that would be taken very personally. John Campbell um, here says, Linus, you have no clue what you're talking about here in California, where I live. If not for that law that the people passed, there'd be no Uber. Is that what Uber told you? <laughs> oh, is that, is that what they said? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. There'd be, also there'd like, be no Uber. Okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, Uber might be more expensive. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> I'm not remotely... Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, it. all right. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Uh, okay. We're getting into a lot of preference stuff, but personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compromise like workers' rights to save some company 
where some other competitor could just come in and and you know take their take their lunch. Yeah, so Brian Beal says Californian here. They basically said they'd shut down for a while and come back with massive massive price hikes. Well, yeah. Okay. So then someone else, so be it Lyft or be it another upstart company, would come in and say, "Oh, actually no, this this is this is doable, paying a fair wage, and we're going to we're going to figure it out." And then Uber would have to react. That's like how a free market economy is supposed to work. Hey! Hey, that's, hey. hey go figure. Um, all right. So why don't we go? Is good. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and uh, talk about our next topic here, which is, oh man, these are kind of these are kind of yeah. boring. Uh, oh, yeah. debt collectors! Debt collectors might soon be adding you on Facebook. Uh, the Bureau of Consumer Financial Protection. Uh, so the U.S. government has just ruled... Oh, sorry, that's the source. It's the Bureau of Consumer Financial Protection. The U.S. government has just ruled that collections agencies <laughs> can send, get this, unlimited, unlimited texts, emails, and even instant messages to debtors on social media platforms. The so rule... what are the social media platforms going to say? Because I could definitely see someone just setting up like an every-minute bot. Yeah, I could. I think it, they probably already have the bot. They've just been waiting for this to for this to be approved to roll it out. Yeah, the ruling does not require debtors to consent before being contacted by email or text. Uh, the fact that there is no limit uh, either means people could get flooded with calls, or well, no, either that it means that. Uh, and the ruling particularly stings, given that it happened during a recession. Oh, get this. The president of Action Collection Agencies in Boston, Jay Gonsalves, calls it a win-win <laughs> since so many people just don't answer calls anymore. So text contact could be better. <laughs> yeah. Others point out it might make fraud easier since sending a crap load of emails and texts is pretty easy when you are allowed to do it by law. Absolutely flippin' brilliant. Um, okay. Someone in chat said, can they hit you up on Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> that would be really funny. Swipe right to collect. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You can use your, your built-in app payments. Nice paycheck you just got there. Mind if I take some of it? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. That's awesome. All right. What else we got here? That is freaking... I mean... Yeah, I get it. It's no different than them having the right to call you back when we had phone books, I guess. But it's just like, how there is nothing sacred anymore. Like, how close are we to just like CCP China at this point? Social credit system. Like, like at what point do they start messaging? At what point are they allowed to message your friends to be like, hey, have you heard from them lately? Let them know I'm looking for them. Like, when is that coming? I don't know. And then, I, you know, from there, like, at what point are they allowed to just literally go to your house and, like, take your TV? Be like, all right, we're even now. Uh, I think Repo it depends. I think it depends. I think that repo is mostly only for things that are directly associated with the debt. Don't so quote me on that. That's something I don't know much about. So if you, if on your credit card, you bought a TV and then you didn't pay your bill, eventually I think they can take the TV. Um, don't quote me on that. I don't think they can just walk in and like take other stuff that you already owned. I have no clue. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, this is pretty good. Swift kicking the nets. Sorry, someone in full plane chat said, I get calls from debt collectors all the time because they're looking for my brother. Okay, well, that's interesting. Is it possible that your uh, brother gave them your number? <laughs> I'm not saying your brother did it. I'm just not saying your brother didn't do it. I've... Uh, it depends what it depends what kind of relationship you got with your brother. That's all I'm saying. Um, collateral they can take in the U.S. It's a mixed bag. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, it figures. You got fifty, kind of however many states, fifty different sets of rules. We've really run up and against this when it comes to getting our products um, shipping into America. I saw quite a few people complaining about shipping on the foil pins shirt which is limited edition and probably going to be gone pretty soon go get it lttstore.com saw some people complaining about shipping costs 
We would love to be shipping out of the US, but it is extraordinarily complicated from a taxation standpoint. Um, and it could put us in a position where if we have a physical location down there, all of a sudden we're paying like uh, corporate income tax to a variety of states. And I'm looking at it going, uh, excuse me, do I drive on your roads? Do my kids attend your schools? I don't think so. So no, I will not be paying income tax to America. I will be paying income tax to Canada, where I actually live. So that's the whole thing. Um, so it's pretty difficult for us to get around that. We're still working on it, but um, that's one of the reasons that our shipping costs are not amazing. All right, another news, a swift kick in the nets. Security researcher Sami Kamkar has developed a JavaScript exploit that fools routers with application layer gateway functionality, which is nearly all consumer or small office, uh, home office routers. Uh, so it tricks them into opening ports they otherwise shouldn't. Oh. The attack, dubbed NAT slipstreaming, allows remote okay. attackers to reach any network-related service on a victim's PC that would not normally be accessible from behind the router, effectively bypassing the firewall. Oh. This could be set up with an automated attack where a vulnerable service is first exposed, then exploited to provide longer-term control or to inject a malicious payload. Oh. Browsers often block JavaScript from accessing services on certain ports, so this slipstreaming method bypasses that too by not making JavaScript do any of the actual work. Oh. No user interaction is required. Oh, wait a minute. Here's how it works. Uh, oh, yeah. No user interaction is required. Wow. Just browsing a web page with the script is enough for the attack to work. Holy balls. Camcar demonstrated the attack working on a Netgear Nighthawk R7000 router with many others likely vulnerable. Um, there's no indication anything has happened for the victim, although Camcar released a proof of concept and information about how it works so that it can be patched. I mean, the odds of like most router manufacturers patching this anytime soon, especially on older models, is like slim yeah. to none. Be very clear, clear that Netgear model thing is probably just because that's what he had. Yeah, I wouldn't take that super personally. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm sure yeah. Netgear's not happy about being featured yeah. in something like this, but that's actually, uh, why I mentioned that, like I. I don't think I've talked to anyone from Netgear potentially ever, or at least in a long time. But like them being called out here isn't because like he found the vulnerability on that particular router necessarily. Yeah. It's just probably the one that he had. Um, Anthony notes that it seems that disabling WebRTC and or JavaScript might work until this is patched, but today's internet relies pretty heavily on JavaScript and WebRTC for streaming media and other interactive services. So it's going to be oh. a bit of a downer. It's going to be a bit of a downer, you know? Yeah. Jeez. Wow. All right. Uh, and finally, friendly reminder for everyone to make sure you keep occasional backups off the network. The entire database and backups of the Brazilian Supreme Court was encrypted by hackers. An unknown group infected the network of Brazil's second highest judicial body on Tuesday, encrypting their primary database and backups as well. Since the hack, justices yeah, have been yeah. unable to access their emails or any of the quarter million plus cases under their jurisdiction. Oops. The hack was likely made possible from vulnerabilities exposed by users remotely accessing the court's network from home using unprotected connections. There are no answers as to the origin or solution to the hack, and techs are currently working to restore data from physical backup tapes for critical cases. In 2014, hackers used a phishing attack to invade Brazil's foreign affairs ministry, internal systems, stealing cables, uh, email lists, passwords, and data. Whoopsie-daisy. Uh, fortunately for the court, I guess, um, Brazil's <laughs> uh, fines on data breaches due to the recently passed LGPD privacy law won't come into effect until 2021, so I guess they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> So they won't be fined. Brutal. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty rough stuff right there. Okay, well, I think that pretty much wraps it for the WAN show for today. Luke and I have something very exciting to work on afterward. Yeah. I can't tell yeah. you guys about it until probably ooh, sometime next year, I think, when it's, uh, when it's released. But um, we're going to be working on a script. We're going to be working on a script, doing some tech script stuff. And it should be a good video. That's all, yeah. that's, all, that's all I have to say about that. Yep, yep agreed. Um, orders are absolutely flooding in for Holofoil Pins t-shirt. So guys, if you do want to get a chance to get it, once again, lttstore.com, Holofoil, go for it. All right. 
I think that's pretty much it. We'll see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Secret Shoppers on Floatplane. Oh yeah, that too. If you don't already have Floatplane, make sure you're over there. It will be early access on Floatplane. So first episode's coming to YouTube, uh, I think this weekend. And the second episode is already on Floatplane. So you'll be able to catch the first two if you go sign up for Floatplane right now. Nice. Super Chats? Oh, right. Super Chats. Viewer activity. Here we go. Uh, YouTube people, you can thank Floatplane for that. Just saying. Yeah, Floatplane's got your back. Uh, All right. Uh, In Secret Shopper... Uh, Ilya Tarasov says, in Secret Shopper uh, 2, Episode 2, you talk about the 5700 XT like it's garbage compared to an RTX 2070 Super. Have you touched it since the review cycle? Uh, Honestly, I have not personally used it since the review cycle. I do know that they've improved the stability a fair bit, and we will see how it stacks up in terms of performance when we evaluate all the systems. Um, Gino says, I love your merch but your support when something goes wrong isn't the best. I still not heard back about an update on my RGB keyboard shirt. No one's reached out after seven messages. Seven messages. Are you the one that messaged on the forum and that I said someone would get back to you? Uh, Okay. Let me, uh, I mean, uh, the problem is that through YouTube, I have no way of fixing it. Uh, Like I have no way of actually like contacting you here, but I will, I mean, I'll flag it for Nick because every time we know about a message, we reply to it, and to my knowledge, they are not behind on tickets right now at all. So uh, hopefully you used the same name for your account for the merch store and like we're able to cross-reference this somehow, but that's not a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. Someone in full plane chat said, uh, the support is super good. Um, yeah, for the most part, we don't get complaints about it. Uh, Asperomancer says, when are the gray tech link t-shirts coming back? No time soon. Uh, getting gray shirts until we get our own shirts made is going to be very challenging. Existential Potato says, hello, Linus and Harry Man I haven't seen on this channel before. Really? Or do you mean me also? I, I don't, I'm not sure I get the joke. Eric says, Linus really enjoy the content. Keep it going. Great way of escaping from 2020. Oh, 2020 is still here. <laughs> Um, what else we got here? DBZM1K3. Do you think the use of nuclear waste in nano diamond batteries would ever become an accepted idea among consumers for use in devices like mobile phones or smartwatches? I think anytime you use the word nuclear to describe something, people assume it's like horrible and scary. I think it'd be pretty tough. Um, Robert says, do you think we'll be alive to see ARM surpass x86 performance? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be that surprised. I mean, depending on the workload, like in gaming, mm, that's going to take a minute. But for certain applications, we could very well already be there because there's more to performance than just performance. There's also performance per watt, performance per cost. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cooper says, portable sleeper land center. Use that tiny ITX case in Asrock Mobo to bifurcate two water-cooled single-slot quadros with a 5950X. Virtualize into four gaming systems. That's kind of a sick idea. Uh, portable sleeper land center. You know what? I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down right now. Uh, video idea tracker. Here we go. People think I'm out of ideas. I got a whole, like, 900-line like document full of ideas. Some of them are terrible, but I'm certainly not out of them. <laughs> uh, Siddharth says, hey, Linus and LTD team. Been, I've been on your channel. I've been your fan for the last seven years and respect your work and work ethic. Please add IPC metrics when reviewing CPU, GPU as gigahertz metric is not the same. Well, that's what any performance chart is. Or wait, IPC metric. Well, no, it's not really very meaningful because CPUs don't really run at a fixed clock speed anymore. Depending on the load, they will run at different clock speeds. So we don't need to know what the performance is per clock. Like it's sort of irrelevant unless you're comparing the new generation one to the old generation one that is otherwise the same. That's where discussions around IPC come in. Um, 
So gigahertz is just to give you an idea of how products within one lineup compare to each other. And then IPC is to compare one generation against another one. If you want to compare apples to oranges, like AMD products versus Intel, um, then you must just look at actual benchmarks, actual applications. Um, Savadidididid6 says, thanks for the great content. Built my first PC almost a year ago after watching your channel. Nice. Uh, Ilya says, someone already managed to get 5900X on X370 uh, working and even some A320 MOBOs with modded BIOSes. That does not surprise me that much. Um, what I suspect it was is probably that... A... Sorry, go for it. Uh, no, go ahead. I was going to say it was probably a mass compatibility issue. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. AMD probably made it incompatible because there are some cases where it won't work and they didn't want the messaging to be confusing. I know yeah. for a probable fact... Uh, that that's been the reason behind Intel's moves like this in the past as well. Just because some of them will work doesn't mean you can guarantee that all of them will work. Yeah. Um. All right. I had already responded to some of these things. A Candlass says, loving the new merch recently, guys. Haven't bought so many articles of clothing in such a short amount of time. Uh, one of my purchases even came with a surprise. I sent a little heart. Oh, yeah, is that right? Mm -hmm. how, <laughs> how very interesting. Um, all right. That's pretty much it for the show. We'll see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye. By the way, I did get your message, Luke. Yep. I'm not sure how that got to be there. Mm, I don't know if okay, so Okay, hold on a second. Let me let me end the stream real quick here first. Uh or should I? Yes, I should. I will end the stream.